Hello friends and welcome to another edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Towny Boy Towner. Uh, joining me again is my good friend, uh, Paulie Griffoids. Hello. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Um, Barry uh, Brock Lesnar Murphy has uh, decided not to show up again. Um, I don't know if he's standing in the Irish election. Maybe that's it. He's uh, gone off to gone off to the count. Um, well, yeah. I have an email here. Ooh, from one from the Chairshot General Manager from, <laughs> from Barry Ladd. Uh, subject: public shitting. Public shitting. Yeah, this might explain where he is. uh, (laughs) Hi, Paul, and also Joe. Sorry I'm unavailable again this week. I just wanted to pop you a brief mail with some life guff. That's why I'm getting this out at the start of the show. And also a tangential uh, question. Although his his question turns out not to be that tangential. It's pretty on topic uh he says earlier this week at work my upset tummy started to rumble and off i ran to spend an hour shitting and then parentheses uh parentheses some of it was also puking in the work toilets uh while the bodily evacuation that's some nice uh poetic lingo for an irishman there uh, while that isn't fun to begin with, doing so in work adds a few layers of anxiety to proceedings. And he gives some reasoning behind this. He says, number one, that dread that someone will come in and hear or try to talk to you. <laughs> try and talk to you. I don't know why. <laughs> if someone tries to talk to you while you're having a shit, then it's them that should be embarrassed. Maybe, yeah, but if somebody sees, you know, you leave your desk, you run to the toilet and you're gone for... A prolonged amount of time. Someone might come in and go, "Yeah, all right in there. I'm shitting my hole out there." <laughs> Grant. Uh, also, number two, he says that they were just briefed that morning by a woman. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I misread that. They had just been briefed that morning that a woman had recently fallen in the toilets and made an insurance claim. And as a result, the toilets would be locked in the evenings. So I was worried about having to spend the night locked inside (laughs) with my own rancid dumpings. Have have you or Joe ever had a work-based case of the shits or similar? Thanks, Barry. He also says, uh, postscript TV guff, I finished The Good Place and it was lovely. Yeah, Good Place! So, Joe, have you ever had the squirts while at work i've never had anything that kind of sticks out as particularly bad i mean there's definitely been a few occasions where the old stomach starts rumbling Mm. while you're at work and you spend i mean an hour god that is pretty long i mean i'm not sure what was coming out by the end but fucking hell hour. 60 minutes he's gone broadway on the shitter that is impressive um I've, I've never had that I've had it sometimes on the way to work right. um, where I've had to actually get off the train and go in and use a toilet in the station because I was like, no way am I making it to work. Um, but it's just one of those where you're like, fuck it, I've got to be late. <laughs> I've got to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the worst I've had. I I think I talked about it on the show. Maybe I didn't. Um, 
but sure look the topics come up so i'll do it again um i don't think i've ever had it that bad at work either i did have one bit where i was going for my break and when i go for my break i'll go for a walk around the campus like outside um do about a kilometer and, mm. and a half walk because i have a 15 minute break so i'll pretty much walk 15 minutes and I plan to go to the bathroom on the way out, like because I passed by the toilets, and uh, I didn't have to go too severely. It was kind of a, li- a little bit of rumbling, but not something that you kind of, you know, the alarm bells start going off. No. Uh, but as I passed the toilets, they're being cleaned, so I said, "Okay, no bother, no worry, baby. I know that there is another toilet in Building Four, which I also pass on my walk." Which is about 10 minutes. In about 10 minutes I will be there. And I can. You know. Go to the toilet in peace. Uh, So I start walking. And I get. I would say. Exactly halfway. On the walk. Like equidistant from either building. And the, the tummy. The tummy rumblings. And cramps and that are getting. Suddenly worse. And I'm thinking. I'm. I'm too far away from the building. I'm not going to make it. Because I was mm. a good five minutes away. And that's the worst. The worst thing is, okay, being at work and, and whatever. But I know that I'm I'm too far away from the toilet to make it. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm having like an internal dialogue of like, what'll happen? Will I just do it here behind a car or in in a bush or something? Oh, God. I, di- I did make it in the end. I was fine. Yeah, yeah. But you have those thoughts of like, what happens if I just like shit myself? Do I have to go home how, how will i get home I, I live you know not next yeah. to the the building with shit in my pants oh god um but it just do what vince did just take them off and chase someone <laughs> <laughs> that's what gerald briscoe was actually referring to when he said don't mess with mr mcmahon <laughs> um i did have it as well Again, I think I've talked about this. Where I was... This is not at work, but I was sick at home. Uh, very, very sick. Um, and I... I couldn't even make it to the bathroom. Ooh. Like, there's one thing to... Like, as, as Barry said here, the upset tummy started to rumble and to run off to the toilet. But to be so sick that you... You know, for the period of the sickness... Mm. Almost literally become incontinent... I've had that. It's amazing, isn't it, how quickly it can happen? Well, I I got up and I I, I had it bad, and I was trying to make it to the toilet, and it's just I don't want to get too graphic for the listeners here. Oh, yes, yes, but yes, yes. let's say it it was graphic, okay? <laughs> and um, and I was I was very first of all very very sick, and then I was I, this was like maybe three a.m. in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I, I, I was trying to clean it, clean up the mess, let's say, right? And <laughs> Natty wakes up in the bed and looks at me and goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Go sleep, don't worry, <laughs> don't look at me." <laughs> I pooped on the floor and down the back of my legs. But we don't need to talk about that. Oh, uh, it's probably one of the most not embarrassing necessarily because I was sick like, uh, and I couldn't do anything yeah. about it. I wasn't, I wasn't drunk and I shit myself. Yeah, um, no one but saw definitely, it. definitely, I mean, nobody saw it. Told dozens of people. No, but what, one of the most uncomfortable 
because you know what the fact that you're you're sick but it happened is 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 awful you know it's just awful um no i don't think i've had any poop related maladies uh that come to mind i remember once when i was a kid right i was probably like five or six right and i think i was like again really ill when we're in my cousin's house and i um i had like as barry said had an upset tummy and had to run off to the toilet right but like it was coming it was coming out and i couldn't do it so as i got into the bathroom I whipped off the trousers and tried to get to the toilet as fast as I can, but some of the poopy come out and that. Oh. I, like I couldn't do anything about it. I, I, if I, Joe, if I could have held it in, I would have, mate. <laughs> and then I, I got in trouble for it. Oh, that's, a, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. Also, here's another story, another you poop story. Get in trouble. No one would do it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. No. It was I didn't. Uh, I, think, I didn't some want to do might. it. Um. We uh, one time I was playing football on the green outside um, the house. When, again, I was probably like seven or eight. No, not even seven or eight. Probably like six or seven. Uh, and my parents had driven off somewhere. I don't, they might have gone to the shops or something. But there's like the house is locked. There's no one in the house. Oh, that feeling's coming again, Joe. Uh, and I I ran to the house as I would because it was like right in front of the house. I ran to the house. Door's locked. Can't get in the house. So I just oh. did a poo in the garden. <laughs> Jeez! Oh my god! Again, I got in trouble oh. for it. Well, if I could have got in the house, I would have done it in the house. Like, yeah, I'm not. It's more the telling of us now on the podcast. It's a funny story, though. Isn't it? I mean, it's it's disturbing. Do I disturb it? Well, I got just, in trouble for it. Just getting uh, pictures now. Well, it wasn't a. It wasn't. This wasn't a. Um, a diarrhea story. This was a perfectly formed. Just an ordinary. Ah, it was just a normal one. Yeah. Did you then uh, cover it up like a cat, sort of sprinkles? No, I just left yeah. it there. <laughs> I went back. <laughs> I don't even remember. I, I don't remember anything else about the story. That's all I remember. I also remember. <laughs> he just walks off whistling. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dog. Must have done that. Had a good shit. <laughs> we also, when I was a kid, this was even younger. I must have been about four. I had a little, um, my first like bicycle, a little purple bicycle, right? And there was a kid down the road had the same bicycle. We had exactly the same model, same color, same size, everything. And, uh, <laughs> and you had a shit on his bike? <laughs> no! <laughs> Vice versa. Oh, the bike had a shit on you! <laughs> but he, he, uh, he was ill, let's say. And, uh, he said, "I gotta go." I think I think I remember. <laughs> I think I remember. This might be my own um, embellishment of the story, but I seem to remember him going, "I've gotta take a shit." He's like four, right? I gotta take a shit now, and he just like he just hopped on the bike and just like just like all over it. But but he took my bike by mistake instead of his one. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh God, all over the saddle. Yeah, all over it, all over oh. it. Yes. Um. Oh, God. Shall we leave the poo stories there then? Let's let's put that behind us. Enough so poo guff. Yeah. Get guffing guff. Yeah. Well, um, listeners, if you, didn't, if you didn't enjoy that, Barry was the one who brought it up. So. 
he he definitely brought it up from what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. yeah brought it down. Yeah. Um. Well, let's yeah, let's move on from the shit. I mean, it's been four hundred and sixty-two episodes. We were bound to get to a, a shitting episode eventually. Next week, all the piss stories. Oh, have I got some pissing stories for you. Um, I had an interesting office experience this week, so. Went in on Wednesday morning, um, on the way in, got a text message, because we have like, some kind of emergency text message thing, whether they can you know, communicate what's to, if something goes wrong yeah. to everyone in the office. Uh, office was robbed, Ooh. were burgled. Um, they stole, I mean, there's not much worth stealing except obviously laptops, uh, but they nicked about 20, 25 uh, MacBooks. Right. Um, so that was... Yeah, a bit of a shock. Um, so we got in, went and had a look to see if anything else was stolen, and then we all got all got to go home to, to work from home. So, uh, you know, it was all right in the end, got to work from home on Thursday as well. So, I mean, good news and bad news is what I'm saying. Yeah, it seems very bad. But it's, yeah, I mean, obviously what's good, everything's kind of backed up in the cloud these days, so I didn't actually lose, like, any work. You kind yeah. of just crack straight, straight back on with it. Um, just a bit, it's weird... Having knowing that someone's nicked your laptop, yeah, and, and they've now got your laptop, you know, God knows what I've saved on the desktop, yeah, all the uh, porn, all the porn, the chair shop podcasts, and, and whatever and other embarrassing stuff. Um, yeah, it's weird knowing it's probably, I mean, it'll have been wiped by now because we've obviously got security back up, but it's just a bit like bit of a bit of a liberty, yeah. someone nicking my laptop, um. So yeah, so that was that was annoying, um, but hopefully get a, a new one. Might even get a better one. Were these work laptops or personal laptops? Yeah, yeah, work laptops. Okay, work laptops. Right. Um, so we have like a you know our engineering team who are all you know coders, so they have MacBook Pros. Yeah, all the buffins. Which are like yeah, three four grand that sort of thing. So yeah, made a few quid. Yeah, made a few quid. You can uh, call the person who stole them see if he give you a discount on buying them back. Oh yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just come and nick them again. Um, yeah, so that was that. And then yesterday, uh, went round to a friend's friend of mine's to watch the uh, Six Nations rugby. Yeah. England versus Scotland. Um, not really a big fan of rugby. I'll be honest. I didn't know who England were playing until I got there. Okay. Um, but there were quite, you know, quite a few people going. It was sort of a barbecue and some drinks. So it wasn't just the rugby. Yeah. Um, possibly one of the worst games of sport I've ever seen. It wasn't great. No, because... Uh, Especially from um, an England point of view, they just about got over the finish line. Yeah. It, it was... We've had a quite bad storm the last couple of days uh, in, in UK and Ireland. Yeah. Uh, storm Kira. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was very difficult conditions to play sport. Every time they kicked the ball, it, it blew backwards. Yeah. I think so that was, yeah... Not ideal. Um, but yeah, England won, so whatever. Uh, we then watched the Super Bowl halftime show okay. uh, with Shakira and J-Lo. That was a lot more enjoyable. That was more my kind of level, I'll be honest. <laughs> right. I was into that. And uh, yeah, they went out for a few pints. So that was good. Good evening. Good good fun. Yeah. I watched the Ireland game and the England game, I think. Oh, yeah. Ireland-Wales. That was the... Uh, Ireland Wales game. Uh, beat the shite out of them, mate. So it was great. Uh, gosh, what do you expect? 
Um, and then watched the England game, and then I watched a bit of the France Italy game today. I'm not a huge rugby guy either, to be honest. But um, no. there was a distinct lack of El Premier Ligo. Yeah, I was so confused by that. I was looking at the fixtures. It's going, the winter, they, yeah, break. There so. only four games. What's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then that turned into three because the Man City game was postponed today. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah, not not a lot of football. Football leaves a bit of an empty, an empty space. So we took the opportunity instead to do a bit of, um, bit of cleaning, bit of oh, yeah. moving some stuff around. And that. Um. So yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the rugby. It was pretty good. Otherwise, during the week, I I pretty much was just watching movies. I think Thursday was the only day I didn't watch a movie this week, and that's because. The, that was Dynamite Day. Mm. Um, every other day this week, I watched the movie. Uh, I am finished. Done. Done with the Oscars. Prior to the Oscars, I've watched all twenty-two movies. I think I had scheduled, so I'm very pleased with that. Um, not much else to do really. I'm going to see a concert tomorrow. So I'm, I I've taken a half day from work. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna stay up for the Oscars. I'm not gonna oh, take notes. I'm gonna stay up for the Oscars. I start work at twelve tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna work twelve to four, and then I'm awesome. gonna go into town, into Dublin City, to see uh, Jack Black and Tenacious D mm. at the Three Arena. So this will be my fifth trip to see Tenacious D. Fifth time seeing them. Uh, they always put on a good show, so I'm looking forward to that. Might have a little whoo, sneaky burger beforehand. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell the app. Hello. Hello. Uh, although I I am now... What did I... This morning I was 204.6. Uh, so that's the lowest I've been since I started. So I'm doing... Still still doing well there. But... Uh, yeah, not been back to the gym or still injured? Still injured. Not been back yet. Uh, still hurts. Still hurts. Still hurts. Still hurts. Still, still, what was it? The rib, wasn't it? Yeah. Been about oh, a week, a oh, week oh. and a half at this stage. Oh dear! The mornings are always the worst. In the morning, it kills. I then I pretty much won't feel it all day, and then when yeah. I lie down, go sleep, it hurt again. So, mm. yeah. um, once once I can wake up and not feel in incredible pain, then I'll be grand to start going back to the gym and stuff. But for the time being, yeah, I'm gonna take it easy. The weight's still going down, so it's alright. Um. What was I gonna say? Uh eh, not much not much time for life cuff this week. Looking forward to the okay. concert tomorrow. Um good, good. And um. oh, they they announced the um OTT Scrapper Mania card oh, yeah. today after like the tickets went on sale in December with nothing announced. They um and I didn't buy a ticket because I'm saying why why would I buy a ticket for a show that I don't know what's yeah. going to be on it. I'll yeah. wait to see what they announce. Scrapper Mania is usually the biggest show of the year that they put on. Yes. And they put the poster out today and it's just a run-of-the-mill show with everyone who you'd expect to be on it. And I'm saying, oh, really? Yeah, it makes me wonder if the reason nothing mm-hmm. was announced was because they had nothing to announce. They haven't got anything. Very it's disappointing. Cool. To the point that I I don't know if I'll even bother going. Mm, no. Because um, the tickets are... are, are you know, thirty euro or whatever. So if I'm gonna go with like mm-hmm. Natty and my brother, for example, we're gonna be paying a hundred euro for the show. Yeah. 
yeah. And while I like to support Irish wrestling and support OTT because I've had you know many a great time there, with you know saving for a house and so on, I I can't really justify the expense for going to see David Starr and more than hype again, you know, and mm. Scotty mm. Davis. You know, I've seen these people like ten times already. So if they, unless they announce. Uh, a surprise big name still to be announced at this stage because I think the actual event is like next month or something. Yeah, I think I'll probably give it a miss. Hmm. But anyway, That's a shame. yeah. But um, other than movies, but have you been watching any television? This I have. Week? I, That's what uh, I want to know. Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> I know that Inside Number Nine started their fifth season just this week. Yes, yes. Uh, I I haven't caught up yet, so I haven't obviously watched that. Uh, I did just finish season three. Okay. What was, uh, the, final, what was the final episode of season three? Uh, it was the art exhibition. Oh, that's... Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Uh, oh, yeah, no. it was fine. I quite uh, like that one. Um, I think the last two episodes of the season I thought were kind of weak. Weaker than what I what I've considered the like standard of the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me see. I, the first episode was Devil of Christmas, um, which was the show within a show. Yeah, I did really like that one. Then you had the Bill. That's probably my favorite episode of the six. Oh really? The Bill. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Where they're arguing about who's going to pay the bill, and the argument just escalates and escalates, and then it turns out to be something that you might not have thought it was. That's probably my second least favorite. Really? Yeah, interesting. Um, I like the 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 crossword. The crossword one I thought was excellent. Yeah. Actually, that might have been my favorite one. I thought it was very clever. Very clever, wasn't it? And then I liked the karaoke one, even though the karaoke one was kind of Uh, straightforward. Couldn't really get into that one. And then I didn't really like either of the last two. I didn't like the shoe one. Mm. That was kind of too silly, and yeah, I I couldn't. I, I couldn't buy into the premise of it. I didn't really like the shoe one. I think it was quite a popular one. No. Sort of among the, the fan base, but I, I just yeah. and then I didn't mind the last one by thought it was a week, the the Aaron exhibition one but I thought it was a weaker one. I did like um mm. I did like Peter K getting killed at the start of it. It's quite funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But uh Yeah, even even the kind of the reveal was fine. I didn't kind of like some of the some of the better episodes um when when the kind of twist happens or the reveal you kind of do oh yeah. my god i didn't because i'm i'm quite a stupid man joe and i'll be fooled by <laughs> a lot of this stuff <laughs> and this one i was kind of just like, ah okay yeah i think you're in you're in for a treat with season four right i think there's i would say at least three top top episodes in there cool. and then the halloween special as well of course yeah halloween special is not on netflix so i'm gonna have to uh ah, i'm gonna have to track it down and then season five has just started, and that's not yeah. yet on Netflix either. That'll be probably a BBC player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did watch the first episode of season five. It was kind of okay. Right. Thumbs in the middle. Good performances. Yeah, it was uh, not bad start. Not a bad start. I th- I think I think we've discussed this already. I think part of the reason I wasn't super hot on the last two was um, that I don't think your man. Not um, Pemberton, the other one. Oh yeah, Reece, uh, Reece Reece Smith. Smith. I, just, yeah. I just don't think he's that good. <laughs> I I agree, and I was thinking about that when I watched this this new episode. Yeah, 
because uh, he's in it and he's he does some very broad comedy in it. Yeah, and it's fine. But yeah, compared to um, I think Pemberton is by far the stronger actor of the two. He's really good actor. He's good and, and he, he's versatile as yeah. well. Whereas Shearsmith yes. is can really only do the campy characters. Yeah, do you know? Yeah, sure look. Uh, but yeah, I very much enjoyed that show. I'll hopefully catch up with season four once the Oscar uh, rush. Now that that's finished, um, we've also been watching the UK version of RuPaul's Drag Race. We're on the final episode, which mm. maybe we'll watch tonight between the f- closing of this podcast and the Oscars, which start at one AM. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the season. It's not quite to the level of the US ones only because there's been so many of those and this is kind of mm. you know the first and obviously the same it's, as it's a bit like NXT UK it's kind of to an extent yeah it's a not good, quite the same depth of yeah it's it yeah that's that's kind of hitting the nail on the head there um, let's just do an international one just get drag drag queens from all around the world yeah um but that's still a very fun show and the yeah. new season is starting in like three weeks and I'm very mm. excited for it mm. What about yourself? Are you watching um, the telly? Just watched the first episode of Avenue 5, right. uh, the new Armando Iannucci um, space sitcom mm-hmm. with uh, Hugh Laurie and a lot of kind of um, Veep and the Thick of It alumni in there. Right. Um, it was funny at times. It didn't grab me that hard, I'll be honest. Okay. Uh, I'll probably give the rest of it a go, but it, it wasn't setting me on fire. Um, maybe it'll pick up, but uh, it was. I don't know. It was funny. I don't. I don't even know what the setting kind of added to it. Like, could have been on a cruise ship. Yeah, they'd basically done the same thing. But I don't. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe they'll start to flesh out the characters. But um, kind of thumbs in the middle start for that. Uh, are you interested in checking out the personal history of David Copperfield? I am. We're actually going to see that. On Valentine's Day, as well, of course. Next, uh, yeah, next Friday, we're going to see that. I also want to see Greed with um, Steve Coogan. Um, plays a kind of Philip Green esque retail billionaire. Right. Uh, that looks really interesting. That's coming out in a couple of weeks as well. So, it's a good month for the movies, the independent movies. It is. Um, it's pretty pretty good. Um. Speaking of movies, let's talk about games first. <laughs> I was going to say, let's get um, the game out of the way, because we've got lots of movies to talk about. Paul, have you watched any uh, games with uh, weird alliterative names? I've not only watched them, but I've like interacted with them. You were playing them as well? With the use of my thumbs. Fuck it Yeah, I've... Sounds good. I'm, I'm about, like, I suppose, like two hours into Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch, Ooh. which is a PlayStation 3 game, which is remastered for the PlayStation 4. Um, I think I said I started it last week, but I, I'm properly into it now. I'm I'm almost caught up to where I was because I owned this on the PS3 and didn't get mm. very far into it before. I mean, that was at a point where I kind of lost interest in playing games for about a year and a half, two years. Um, but I'm back into it now, very much enjoying it. Um, best thing about it, it's like a Japanese role-playing game. Mm. Um, which tells the story of a little boy whose mother dies in an accident. Mm-hmm. and he goes into this fantasy world um, mm. to try and save her, right? But if us adults know, Joe, that the story is actually <laughs> an allegory for the grief that a child goes through and the oh. parents. So oh, you were clever yeah. boys. 
Um, uh, well, you're 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 living him going through this fantasy world, and um, the best thing about it, like the game is great on its own, but the best thing is that the cutscenes are animated by Studio Ghibli. Yeah. So cool. you know, it it would be as if you know you had a video game and all the cutscenes were done by like prime disney you know <laughs> so you're playing the game the graphics are fine but they're not great and then suddenly you go into a cutscene it's this r- incredibly well done animated style ah oh, so so good um so that's why i'm really playing for the foreseeable future i've kind of i haven't completed hitman 2 yet but i've been playing those games for so long i just wanted to scratch a kind of different itch for a little while yeah, yeah like i'm right at the end of hitman i probably have maybe two hours left of hitman 2 but i'll come back yeah. to that later i don't need yes, 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 yes. i'm sure if i don't fuck it i play that game enough anyway <laughs> <laughs> you've hit enough men well i i beat the game i'm, I'm just playing through the dlc so it's not yeah. even the main like the main not game even I beat real. that doesn't even count yeah it's fake it's non-canon shit yeah but anyway it's oscar weekend so what people came here to, this week I know, yeah, everyone, everyone's, everyone's, oh, desperate to hear the final uh, few movie reviews uh, from yeah. you, Paul. Um, just before that, the only, the only kind of movie, I, big movie I watched this week was Parasite, which obviously I'd seen before. Yeah, uh, we are going to do a spoilerific review at the end uh, of this podcast yeah. after the wrestling. So stay tuned for that. Uh, the last film to get that honor was, of course, uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, so see what was what we thought Parasite how would it compare to uh, Star Wars Episode 9 yeah mm, I mean luckily this time Barry's not here to convince me that I don't actually don't like Parasite at all <laughs> <laughs> that it was bad actually, which he successfully did by the way for Rise of Skywalker yeah, everything he yeah. said was right and I was saying you yeah. know what I can't even argue with you you're right this film sucked yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but before that Paul why don't you run us through the last few films and then we will make our big Oscar Predictions. Our Oscar predictions. Um, yes. So I had six movies remaining, and uh, here they are. So first of all, I watched Little Women, which I know, Joe, that you saw as well. Little Women. I think my review is going to skew a little bit differently to yours because uh, this is my first exposure to Little Women. I have never seen an, another Ooh, adaptation hello. of it. I've never... Well, <laughs> Exposing yourself dirty to Little boy. I never uh, seen any other adaptation of it. I've never read the book, so I didn't know at all what the story was. So I think there's always going to be a little bit of a, if if you enjoy the story, a little bit of a, a, a skew to a higher score based on the strength of the story, which is kind of unfair because it's the you know the writer of Little Women, I know Greta Gerwig directed. I don't know if she wrote the screenplay. She might have, but like she didn't come up with the story, uh, mm. the story per se. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought um, I thought it looked fantastic. I thought all the performances were very good. I think, in particular, uh, I thought Florence Pugh was very good. Um, Sarah Sharon is good, but Sarah Sharon is kind of, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but Sarah Sharon is kind of good in everything. Yeah, and so I don't kind of feel astounded when I watch her be good in a film anymore you know I mm. I, I kind of when I watch a, especially an ensemble film like Little Women you you want to watch out for the people who kind of stand out from the pack I think Florence Pugh did that more so here um, Cicheron although there were scenes where Cicheron was really good to be fair especially the monologue she gives towards the end in the uh, in the attic room um, 
and I thought Laura Dern was very good in it. I thought um, Emma Watson. Yeah, not so. Emma Watson again is very Emma Watson. <sighs> yeah, none of those Harry Potter kids can fucking. Yeah, it's like Game of Thrones. Like outside of their universe, they're short. Um, I thought it was interesting that all the daughters. I don't know about the one Beth, but certainly the other three. Mm. Like none of them were played by American. Yeah, all like two two Brits and a an Irish lady. Although Sarah yeah. was born in New York, but it doesn't sound oh, like she's from New York. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Florence. Florence Pugh has an excellent American accent. Let me point that out. Yeah, uh, she's really good. Emma Watson, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you who I who I don't like. That oh. little Timothy Sh- Chalamet. Oh, you don't like little Timmy? Little Timmy? Oh, what an annoying little weed of a man, nan kid. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the one thing I didn't really like about the film was the fact that you you can't really buy him as this kind of you know playboy, suave, especially a drunken kind of playboy throwing yeah. his life away, and he, he looks like a twelve year old who's got a bottle of cider and <laughs> on the on the high street. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. He's a little, yeah, yeah he's a little bit too much of a wimp. I think um, the other kind of, um, like, the uh, actor who played John, for example, would maybe have been kind of better suited to that kind of role? I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, more of a man's man, more of a... A man's man. He's a man. <laughs> Such, Such a man. A man. Chalamet. He's not a real man. He's a weed of a man. Um, but I think overall I really enjoyed it. I I am a Greta Gerwig fan. Don't tell Michelle that. Um, I really liked Lady Bird. I really liked Little Women. I gave a thumbs up. Thumbs up. W- one of the better Oscar movies, definitely. Mm. Uh, flew by as well. Didn't feel as long as it was. Speaking of the best Oscar movies, I also watched 1917. The mm. uh, the one shot. Um, Sam Mendes. World War One epic. Uh, let me tell you, Joe. Mm. Fucking good movie. Way better. That- way better than I thought it was gonna be. Baby. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. Mm. And I was kind of going into it. You know, am I really in the mood for kind of a a gritty war movie? Oh, and I had, God. I kind of had in my head, uh, almost like I'd made my mind up about it already. I was very prejudiced against the film, Joe. I was like, this would be like a fine 7 out of 10, and I'll kind of forget about it. Uh, it was anything but. This film was so good. Um, oh, the gimmick, obviously, is that it's it's one continuous shot. Yes. Um, like Birdman. Like Birdman. Um, and while there are moments that kind of distract you from the film, like... There's bits where, let's say they're walking up a hill in a kind of wooded area. A tree will go by the screen in extreme close-up, and you're like, right, that's an edit. Because mm-hmm. in, a, in a normal movie, they wouldn't shoot so close to a tree for no reason. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't want... They wouldn't want the movie to look good. But um, for the other 99% of the time, it completely immerses you into that world more so than a normal film would. And I loved Birdman as well, by the way. Um, I thought George McKay was excellent and I think he should have been nominated for Best Actor Um, although this is a really strong year for Best Actors Um, but he was excellent in it there's a few little Game of Thrones faces in there uh, I won't spoil 
Um, a few nice little cameos in there. I won't spoil as well. But um, what kind of grabbed me wasn't even so much the one continuous shot thing, but that the story is told in real time. Mm. Um, ah, I loved it. I absolutely. Loved so what? It. It's set over two hours. Pretty much, yeah. There is oh, a okay. there is a little time jump, kind of right. in the middle where a character gets like knocked out, and it jumps forward to like the night of that day. But more or less, it's told in real time as it progresses. Mm. Um, basically, there's these, you know, these two soldiers are told to deliver a message to the other side of the front, like, yeah. and so it's their journey as they make their way through the the trenches into another area of the the map. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna call it a must see. I thought it was really really excellent. Um, for it, cinematography, incredible. Acting incredible, mm-hmm. direction incredible, score incredible, story incredible, yeah. I didn't quite go a ten out of ten on it, but it, it it pretty much ticked all the boxes for me. The reason I wouldn't call it like perfect, there's definitely some moments where the um, the continuous one shot means that some of the bigger action scenes or action set pieces at times feel a bit video gamey. Mm. Um, certain shots because like there's one bit for example where the character gets like knocked into a river or whatever he's going downstream and over like a waterfall and the way it was shot because it has to follow him continuously felt a little bit video, video gamey so there were some mm-hmm. moments in it where you kind of go Ugh, that didn't look so good but um, let me tell you what a movie If it, prob- <laughs> probably my second or third favourite after Parasite and after another one that I'm going to wow. talk about still come uh, yeah, nice. Because I knew there was a lot of talk about it. I knew there was a lot of mm. discussion about 1917, and it won uh, the BAFTA for best film, for example. Yeah. And yet, I still didn't kind of buy into it until I was watching it. Until you see it, yeah. So you kind of think, oh, World War One movie, kind of been there, done that. Exactly. World War movies, it's you know there, but for it to have been such a big hit, you know, around the world, yeah, has to be something kind well, of it's, special about it's it. It's really good. Take my word for it. Um, so speaking of the bombs dropping during the First World War, I then watched Harriet. No, uh, I watched Bombshell, the Fox News um, uh, okay. harassment case movie starring um, Charlize Theron under a, a prosthetic face. So she looks like Megyn Kelly from Fox News, or mm. formerly of Fox News. Stars Nicole Kidman uh, as another prosthetic faced Fox News person they've all got prosthetic stars John Lithgow like as on Fox News uh, the guy who started, founded Fox News he's also Winston Churchill I tell you what Joe this is exactly the comparison I made because <laughs> it is the same um, makeup person who did same. Darkest Hour oh, and it? it looks like a recycling of the Churchill face he's got the same fat neck yeah so he looks like that uh, Nicole Kidman's face is about three feet wide and perfectly square um, and so it, it, I kind of couldn't get into it because they all, they all look like monsters in it they all look either like one of two ways they either look scarily accurate to the people they're supposed to look like or lumpy freaks with prosthetics and there's kind of no in between yeah um, I mean I think there was some you know obviously the with the Me Too movement and so on, there was some stuff in there about abuse of power and harassment by mm. by men, right? 
but the story was just kind of flat and it, it aped a, a, a lot from like Big Short there was a lot of like breaking the fourth wall and mm. monologues to the camera and stuff and I was like yeah, but like this and this is also a, a criticism I have of Harriet which I'm going to talk about in a second is like the story is is, is strong enough to, to have a better movie attached to it you know um, mm. I just thought the film was just kind of flat and boring to an extent um, Margot Robbie's in it as well she's quite good in it although I think she's she's another kind of a, a less good Saoirse Ronan in that she's good in everything but again not really great in anything um, so yeah eh. I don't think Bombshell was bad by any means but it wasn't wasn't particularly interesting and god damn it stop with those ugly prosthetics <laughs> It didn't look good in Darkest Hour and it doesn't look good now. Mm, yeah. Just put on some weight. You want to win an Oscar? That's how all the pros do it. Get although, back. Although Gary Oldman did win the Oscar that year when he had the prosthetics on. So. Yeah, it was due. Due. There. There. So speaking of Harriet, Harriet is the uh, Harriet Tubman biopic. Oh, yeah. Um, Harriet Tubman, of course, the... Uh, iconic American uh, slave who you know escaped from her uh, owners and would go on to free mm-hmm. hundreds of slaves from from slavery uh, black slaves I should state um, again a really admirable legend of a person like a proper hero mm. let me tell you this film was the drizzling shits Joe <laughs> I fucking hated it. It was rubbish in almost every aspect. It looked like... I mean, it didn't even look like... It, it looked like a TV show. Never mind the TV movie. Um, not a good cast. Even um, the lady who played Harriet, who's nominated for Best Actress, mm. I didn't even learn her name because she wasn't good in it. Um, no one was good. I didn't, I didn't like any of the performances in it. I thought it looked horrible. Um, it was... Oh, it was just rubbish. Rubbish film. I put it um, bottom of my 2019 list, below Vice. So that tells you how good it was. Wow. Um, I couldn't stand it. I just... Ugh, nothing about it was good. Um, and, uh, like... Historically, it was, you know... Um, Harry Tubman had, like... Uh, narcolepsy right and she would say that during these you know narcoleptic um, passing mm. out or whatever that she would have like visions from God and she was very like you know devoted in her religion but the way the, fi- the way the film portrays it is like like a superpower right so they'll be she'll be walking through the woods or whatever with you know like say a group of slaves that she's you know freed and she'll just like her she'll do the comical like eyes rolling up she'll fall to the ground and then it cuts to like her vision and it's in like has like a blue hue over it and then she'll wake up and like like, don't touch her she's talking to God and then she'll wake up and go we can't go this way we have to go left because God told her I was like this is this is such bollocks lad nonsense (laughs) so yeah Harriet I um, I thought was utter trash and a film far far below what the actual person <laughs> deserved in like a biopic i know that there was 
another f- um another biopic called um Moses something cuz she was known as Moses was like the the name attributed to her as the the um slave freer they didn't know it was her she was called Moses and there was i believe a biopic called something like the Moses something rather and apparently i haven't seen it but that's apparently a much more uh deserving um fi- i don't know if it's a film or a tv show or what it is but much more mm. deserving to 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 the memory of Harriet than than this movie was. It was quite bad. Um, speaking of good movies, I watched Pain and Glory, uh, which is a Spanish movie mm. uh, by Pedro Almodovar. This is my first ever one I've seen by him. I've never seen you know Volver or uh, or any of the other ones. Um, stars Antonio Banderas. And uh, it's like a semi-autobiographical film. Um, the only uh, award it's up for, apart from, you know, it's up for Best Foreign Film, but it's up for Best Actor for Banderas. Mm. Deservedly so, because he's excellent in it. And um, it's kind of told uh, in a couple of different timelines. It's kind of... Banderas plays this director who is kind of removed himself from the scene due to this uh these illnesses he has like over the course of these years he's had like you know back surgeries and he he chokes on food quite easily and so on and he's kind of removed himself not only from the the filmmaking scene but also kind of from life he's kind of become a hermit and he doesn't see people very often and he's contacted because it's the 30th anniversary of this movie that he made with an actor who he fell out with right away when the movie came out because he wasn't happy with his performance. Mm. And they're kind of reunited um, to present the 30th anniversary showing of this film in this in this cinema. And, uh, yeah, Antonio Banderas is really great in it. There was one scene where this other actor, they do, you know, eventually reunite to an extent, and he, he finds out that Banderas' character had kind of written these short stories or these scripts that had never been used while he was you know removed and so he does a one-man show with with Banderas character's permission he does like a one-man show where he he plays out that that story that's like my favorite scene in the movie it's really really fantastic it's kind of like how my favorite scenes in once upon a time in hollywood were the the tv show within the film (laughs) Mm, a little bit like that where like you just have maybe uninterrupted for seven or eight minutes the the performance of this this work is really really great um and yeah i mean it is in spanish so i had to not only um watch with subtitles but i had to really devote my attention to it because with a movie like you know bombshell or even a movie like pain and glory if you're not that you know that that into it for a minute you can look to your phone whatever but mm. it's a subtitle if you look away for a minute you're like wait what's happening i <laughs> you, you don't hear it out, out of the corner of your ear and so you don't kind of keep up with it but um but Pain Glory was really, really great. Um, thumbs up for it. And not only that, but I obtained it legally. Oh! I, I rented it on the Apple Store. So thanks. Oh, That's some nice. money for you, uh, Pedro. Enjoy. Pedro, there you go. But Pain Glory was really great. And it was really, like, really sincere movie. Um, some bits that were very, very emotional. Um, I would recommend. I thought it was really great. Uh, and then finally, we kept the best for last. Um, because I had to watch Bombshell, 
and Pain and Glory, though I like Pain and Glory, and Harriet, uh, I knew that if I had watched the big movie before them, that my enthusiasm would kind of wane to watch the other movies. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch Harriet, I'm going to watch B- Bombshell, I'm going to watch Pain and Glory, and then and only then will I finally watch Marriage Story. Uh, so we watched Marriage Story today on Netflix. Uh, have you had a chance to watch Marriage Story, Joe? I have, yes. Yes. I, I thought it was excellent. Really? I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I thought it was like... Okay, so Marriage Story or Divorce Story, as it <laughs> should be called, um, is basically a film about these these married couple who divorce. are going through a divorce. I don't think you need to describe the film as anything more yeah. than that. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was um, a film that really kind of represented humanity in the sense that it was you know like real life. It was sometimes funny. It was sometimes very sad. It was sometimes angry. It was sometimes you know thoughtful, and not necessarily at rational times or when it called for it you know so mm. it felt very real in that aspect you know um i thought the two lead performances were outstanding um adam driver scarlett johansson i really liked laura dern in it i thought she was kind of effortlessly great in it and was exactly what that character needed to be i really liked uh ray liotta could see him in the movie again i liked uh alan arda in it and a little a little appearance by the mighty Bush's Rich Fulcher in it, which I noticed. Mm. He played the judge that one time they were actually in front of a judge. And I recognized his voice and it didn't show you for like a minute. You could just hear his voice. I was like, whose voice is that? I know that voice. And then you could see him. I was like, oh, that's my boy Rich Fulcher from Snuffbox and the Mighty Bush. Weird. Weird. Good for him getting cast in a movie like that. Yeah, fair play. Um... But um, of all the movies I watched this week, I will say that only Little Women and Marriage Story got a little tear out of my eye. Uh, the <laughs> but especially Marriage Story, towards the end, mm-hmm. um, I won't say necessarily what bit, but there was... Um, there was a bit where Adam Driver is with the son towards the oh, end. Yeah. Let me tell you, a little... Oh. Is, it, is it where they find the uh, Sith compass? I guess the next star. Sean Mormon. It was great. It was, great, huh? it was as good as I expected it to be. Um, yeah. Blew me away a little bit. And not only in the sense that, you know, there's some movies that can be very visually stunning, you know, like 1917, for example. And there's some movies that, while they don't look great, will have great performances or a great script. I would say more like, you know, Little Women. Mm. And then you have a movie like Marriage Story that, while it doesn't excel at any one thing, it's just so good in in every aspect that it's just... I, I... I could almost not fault it at all. Um, and it kind of, you know, what I liked about it as well is that neither of the characters 
are are really sympathetic in a way because you find out that you know there's been a, an extramarital affair involved mm-hmm. and then one of the characters is being kind of not expressively sly but is kind of doing things in the background that the other character is not aware of until it's too late to react mm. to and so you, you know even though you know by the end you, you you of course sympathize with them both for what they've gone through i think the movie does a really good job and the screenplay does a really good job of of kind of making you unsure of your own allegiance in the movie mm. um because i was kind of saying okay well you know this uh this this affair well obviously i'm gonna you know i'm gonna side with the other person because that's a reprehensible thing to do to happen but then there's like other things that they're doing like well i'm not really agreeing with the way that they're acting here either and um but i love i love the way i kind of play with your emotions like that yeah i thought it was really really great thumbs up Mm, nice uh i didn't really like it but anyway Ah! um So go into it. I just didn't really wasn't that interested in the characters. Uh, whatever, dude. Yeah, but um, I think that's the one thing that if I because again I didn't give any of these movies a ten out of ten. The one thing was that the the family of of actresses or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that was just kind of one step to remove from relatable. You know, like mm-hmm. one of them's a Broadway director, one of them's an actress on a TV show. You're like, well. Fuck them then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. But uh, no, I thought, it was, um, I thought it was great. Good, good. Um, so should we move on to our predictions? Yes, let's get the Oscar um, lists up here. I've got the I've got the list of all the nominees here. How many categories do you want to do? We've got best picture, best director. Yeah. Uh, two actors and the two actresses. Do you want to do screenplay as well? Uh, yeah, I wa- I watch all the movies for those. The screenplays and animated as well. Okay, um, but by virtue of that, I've actually seen almost all the awards. <laughs> um, I think, right, of all the movies I've seen, if you discount the documentary f- uh, categories mm. and the short film categories, I think the only film I've not seen is Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen every other film. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for me, the top nine are animated feature... The two screenplays, two actors, two actresses, yeah. picture and director. Okay, let's start there then. Um, let's go with animated feature film. Right. So we've got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Yeah. Uh, I Lost My Body. Mm-hmm. Klaus. Yeah. Missing Link. Yeah. And Toy Story 4. So I suppose we can do kind of uh, uh, a what, what we think will win and yeah. what, what our picks are. So have you seen any of the animated feature films? I've not seen any of these yet. Right. Um, my pick for what I would award uh, mm. the best of the five, I think, would be Missing Link. Okay. By um, Laika. However, so that's, that's your should win. No, that's what I would. Have. Yeah, yeah, that's what you think sh- should win. Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what should win. What, what will, will win, win? Toy Story 4. <sighs> okay. Yeah, is that any good Toy Story Four? It's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah, fair enough. It's um, it's it's very to the quality. It's it's like what Return of the Jedi is to Empire Strikes Back. Oh okay. So it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But 
all them other ones are better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the worst Toy Story movie, but it's it's pretty good. Still good. Yeah. I think it'll win by virtue of it being Toy Story and Disney. And mm. I think How to Train Your Dragon wasn't particularly good. I lost my body. Uh, was good, but was in French, so no one will have watched it. Klaus was pretty good, but is like a, a very, you know, it's a Netflix Disney movie, so or sorry, a Netflix Christmas movie. So again, probably not a lot of people will see. I think Toy Story Four will just win by its sheer mm. obviousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Missing Link was actually the best one. Okay, Missing Link. Uh, I won't nominate for that one because I haven't seen any. Okay. Um, but moving on to best adapted screenplay. Okay. Um, so we have The Irishman, mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit, yeah. Joker, Little Women, and The Two Pops. Hey, we're Pop. <laughs> Poppy he's one a, and Poppy two. Pop and I'm a Pop. We're both a couple of Pops. <laughs> um, so I've only, I'm only seen two of these. What, Little, um, little Women and The Irishman? Yeah, okay. yeah. You didn't see Joker in the end? No, not yet. I will. I will watch it. But okay. Um, for me here, it's between two, um, and I think by virtue of sharing the love a little bit, which they do like to do on the Oscars. Yeah. So don't yeah. come at me for that. I think I would give the adapted screenplay to the two popes. Oh. Because what I liked most about it was the two our lads having the chat and the banter and it was really witty and really funny yeah. so I think the screenplay deserves a little bit of um, a little bit of respect there I would think though that the Irishman is probably going to win the adapted uh, okay I think out of those two I would probably pick Little Women out of the two I've seen Yeah, because I think at least Greta Gerwig did something kind of novel with it pardon the pun <laughs> uh, very good in terms of the, the kind of timeline. Yeah. Um, whereas the Irishman, I think it was more the, more the performances and the direction, like the screenplay was uh, just, I don't um, but And I think, I think Little Women will win it as well. Fair. So I don't think it will triumph in any of the other categories. I'll tell you a little thing I forgot to say about Little Women while I was yeah. discussing it was, for the first um, 10 minutes or so, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, wait, who, what's happening? Why is her hair different? What's going on? Wait, who yeah. are we? What's going on? Yeah. It was a wee yeah. bit confusing once I got to grips with it, it was fine. But just at the start, I got a little bit. The yeah. You just have to watch for the color change. Well, I don't know that, sweetie. It's I'm stupid. Yeah. It's obvious. No, no, you go watch mm, it. I didn't, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, on to best original screenplay. We have... Uh, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Marriage Story, Noah Bombach. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen, Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Kearns. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And Parasite by Bong Joon Ho and yeah. Han Jin Won. Um, so, what do you? What would be your pick from those five? My pick would be Parasite. <sighs> okay. I mean, I'm also going to go for Parasite. I mean, what a story to come up with. The fact that it's an original story, it's incredible. Well, yeah, we'll we'll go into more depth later. But yeah, that, I mean, I think any any uh, category that Parasite's in, I'm just going <laughs> to pick go it. For, like, yeah. I, what's going to win? I could see 
I could see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, wouldn't I? Yeah. Because it's Tarantino, yeah. isn't it? And I think that's probably the one of the least deserving. Yeah, I think Marriage part. Story is up there as well. Because, yeah, I would think... I, I think it's probably going to be one of those two. Marriage Story or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I'd probably lean towards Hollywood. I, I think I'll probably agree with you there. I think Hollywood will nab it just because it's Tarantino. Yeah. Um, not because it's deserved. Um, okay, on to Best Supporting Actor. Uh, this is an absolutely stacked uh, roster of names here. It is. Uh, we've got Tom Hanks uh, in A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Anthony Hopkins in uh, The Two Popes, playing uh, Pope Number One. Yeah. Um, Al Pacino in uh, The Irishman. Yeah. Uh, Joe Pesci also in The Irishman, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um, I've only seen, uh, of course, The Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So you've seen three of them. <laughs> I've seen three of them. Um, and for me, it's, it's a clear winner, which is Joe Pesci. He's one of my favourite actors. I know you love the Pesh. I love Pesh. Give me the Pesh. And I just, he was so good. He was so good. It's so subtle and just very different from his kind of, you know, the Goodfellow Lewis Casino sort of roles. He was very understated, very quiet, yeah. but just just brilliant, devastatingly so. Uh, how about yourself? What are you thinking? I am also going to go for The Irishman. Ooh. But whoa! I don't really like Al Pacino in a lot of stuff in the, like, the last decade or yeah. two. Yeah, I thought it was a real return to form. I thought it was really great in it. Yeah, and he—he he wasn't just Pacino. He wasn't just. Oh, I'm back. I'm doing the same acting I always do. He was—he <laughs> did a little bit of a little Fargo accent in it. Um, where yeah, he, yeah. He's mine, and he talk about time. But he was really great, and he was like a like a a, a real warm presence in it. And yeah, he was <laughs> he was fantastic. Okay, and who do you think will win? Probably Brad Pitt. Yes, I agree. For playing um, himself. <laughs> for playing cool guy in a Hawaiian show. Cool, charming man with some sunglasses on. Yeah. I mean, I, I did like him in the movie. I did. But I didn't think it was some you know, amazing... Transformative performance. performance. No, 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 no. Um, okay, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is our prediction there. Um... So, best supporting actress. Yeah. Uh, we have Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Florence Pugh, Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Yeah. I mean, there are three really good ones here, and two that I think aren't quite as good. Um, I would eliminate right away Scarlett Johansson. Jojo Rabbit. She's double booked anyway because she's also nominated for actress in a leading role. Um, and Margot Robbie Bombshell. She's alright. I think it's the top three is, is Kathy Bates, Laura Dern and Florence Pugh. And I think I would go with ooh, Dern or Pugh. Ooh. I think they're equally good. Um, if Push came to shove... I would probably say Pew. 
Mm. Um, so I'll go with her, Florence Pugh. But it's a, it's a, it's a tight one. Um, I'll also go with Pugh. I, I thought her performance in Little Women was great. Yeah. Uh, among a, a wide selection of great actresses, mm. she was really good, and she kind of straddled the line. She was playing quite an obnoxious, sort of loud character. It's quite a tension-seeking character, but she kind of um, kept it quite balanced in terms of being very attention-seeking, but without becoming kind of too over the top and too much of a kind of parody. Yeah, she wasn't she annoying per se. No, yeah. no. Um, so I would go. I'll go with the pew. I if outside of these five, I'd probably go for J Lo in Hustlers. Mm. I've not seen Hustlers. So she was really good in that. I think she deserved a nom. Um, but in terms of who will actually win, ooh, I'm going to go Pew to win. Yeah, I Fuck think it. so. I think I'll Fuck go it. Pew as well. Fuck it. We'll Pew to win. Pew to win. Um, okay, so on to Best Actor. Uh, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker. And Jonathan Price as Pope number two. Oh, I'm the shucking Pope. What a strong category this is this year. I mean, I think those yeah. those five were all really great. And you're, that's not even considering, you know, Sandler didn't get nominated. Mackay didn't get nominated for 1917. Like, you could have had potentially a top, a top seven or eight actors this year, you know. Um, I think all the focus is on Joaquin... Mm. I think I would actually go Adam Driver Marriage Story for my pick as your personal pick I like the bit where he really feebly hit a wall and went <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, no he was, he was really great I think all five of these were really great in their respective films yeah these were all good I'll, I would also pick Adam Driver of the two the two that I've seen yeah uh, see, I, I mean, I just love Adam Driver. He's great overall. He, he was great in it. And he was great, despite the fact I hated his character. I just, he was, was a hateable really character. To be yeah, fair. and he, he played it hateably. <laughs> so well done to you, Adam. Uh, and then who will win? <sighs> I think it might be Joaquin. I think Joaquin. I think I think it might be. It'll be him. I think it'll be between the two of them, Driver or Joaquin. I'll I'll, I'll predict Joaquin. I think Joaquin as well, just because they love a they love a kind of tortured physical transformation as well. So yeah. I think there was just that. Um, best actress we have Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan Little Women, Charlize Theron Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. Yeah. Um. Again, mm. you'll have seen two of these, right? Yeah. I did like Scarlett Johansson in, in Marriage Story. Yeah, she's my To pick. be fair. Would I go for her over Saoirse Ronan? I would. I'm going to say Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I'm going to go one-two on, two on Marriage Story pick. as well. Yeah. I thought she was... Uh, she was good, and it? it? was a different, different kind of role for her. And I, I thought she played it very well. Yeah, especially that I, I didn't really like her in Jojo Rabbit at all, but I thought she was really great in this one. Yeah, um, I think Renee Zellweger might win it though. Um, yeah, 
it's think, a comeback comeback story. I think she'd be my pick, even though that film was every biopic you've ever seen. Every oh, who said biopic? <laughs> Bio oh. picture. Bio picture. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it, obviously, but I. So we go. Hmm. I'm gonna say Johansson. Okay. To actually win it. Um. Might be a surprise, but I don't know. I just got just got a feeling. Um. So moving on to the big two. Yeah. Best director. We have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Yeah. Todd Phillips, Joker. Sam Mendes, 1917. Quentin Tarantino. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. Yeah. So who would you pick from those five? You're going to be shocked by this one, Joe. You're going to think me a traitor. <sighs> I'm going to go Sam Mendes for this one. <laughs> I'm going to go Sam Mendes, 1917. Hmm, interesting. I had a, th- I had a th- feeling you might say that. Yeah. I don't know, just... From from the way 1917 has been so lauded and the, and the whole kind of one-shot thing. Uh, I haven't seen it, so I'm going to go for, of course, uh, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Yeah. Um, I did like The Irishman. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I didn't enjoy it that much. But obviously, yeah, Parasite's clearly the best there. Um, so you've got Mendes, I've got Bong. Who do you think will actually win it? I think Sam Mendes probably will win Mendes. Imagine if Todd Phillips won. Um, no. He made The Hangover Part 3. Yeah, I agree. I think Mendes will will win this one as well. I think war films are always an advantage. And it's a a very good war film as well. And it's it's great. I'm not saying. And that brings us to the big one. Best picture. Best picture. So we have... uh, what are you doing here? Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? Get the fuck out of here. It's like when you get down to the final four in the Royal Rumble and it's like Baron Corbin's in there and you think, well, you're not fucking with this. Get out of here. Um, the Irishman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joker. Little Women. Marriage Story. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Parasites. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I've seen half of these. Uh, Parasites, the, the clear winner. Like I, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, and Irishman, I liked, but I mean, bleh. not even close to Parasite for me. I so mean, Parasite is easily the best film on the list. Yeah, yeah. So I got that as well. More interesting though is what do you think is going to win? Oh, I think 1917 is the favourite. Yeah. That would be my what I'd expect to win. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a little bit of a, a dark outside horse. chance. Yeah. But that was actually the favourite for a while. Is it still the favourite? I'm not sure. The I don't book, think it is. I think 1917 is, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a really... As much as we've been saying last year, what a shit year for films this is. I think it's a really strong Best Picture category. Um, If you consider, let me take you back a year, Joe, to the 2019 Best Picture nominees. 
They were as follows. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh. Vice. <laughs> Green Book. Which one? Uh, Black Klansman is good. Yeah, it's pretty. It's all right. Black Panther. Mm. The mm. favorite. A Star Is Born and Roma. Compare that to this year. It's not even close. It's like, yeah, it's a, in my opinion, anyway, a far stronger year this year. Mm-hmm. I ooh. Uh, to be honest, any of any of the Irishman. Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Parasite. I'd be happy with any of those. I'll go... I, I mean, obviously, I'm picking Parasite. I'm going to... I'll tell you what, I'm even going to predict Parasite. Wait, you're going to pre- predict... <coughs> you're going to predict Parasite to win? Yeah. Wow. I think... I think there's a... For a foreign language film to be nominated... I think it's it's got enough steam behind it, far more than any other foreign language movie I've seen in this kind of position. It's got enough steam behind it, enough noise behind it, and enough kind of critical acclaim behind it. I think it's got a really good chance. Mm. However, yeah. we know also that the people who vote on the Oscars don't have to have seen every film. No. So All it might be more three. likely that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win because everyone fucking seen it, or The Irishman. Hmm. You know, mm. interesting. I I really hope Parasite wins, but I'm not. I think there's a yeah, an outside chance, but I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's our Oscar predictions. Yeah. Um, Why are you we'll predicting to win, by the way? Oh, 1917. 1917. Okay. I think it's a safe choice. We're not gonna it is. That. And it's a good movie. So I won't. Yeah. I won't be upset if it beats Parasite. I will be a little bit sad, yeah. but there's a, a like five or six of these films are really good, <laughs> so that's yeah. fine. At least it's not being beaten by Green Book. Ugh, ugh, Green Book. Anyway, that is the Oscars. Um, up next, a little bit of wrestling. Yeah. Before we get to talk about Parasite, um, so I watched AEW Dynamite this week, of course. Of course. Um, I thought a really good show. I enjoyed it. What did um, you make of the? The main event segment. I didn't really know what to expect. I was kind of worried it might not come off, but I actually thought it was really good. Yeah, I agree. I um, The way they kind of brought all of Cody's friends out to either kind of plead with him or encourage him. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice touch. And MJF was brilliant. The way he kind of started out incredibly cocky and pleased with himself and gradually became more... Uh, kind of angry that Cody wasn't giving up and that, you know, he's getting closer and closer to having to wrestle him was fantastic. Um, So I really enjoyed that. I mean, one thing that they hadn't really established was the fact that if Cody couldn't take the 10, that he wouldn't get his match. Yeah. I think that could have been played up a little bit. Like, like MGF could have been saying in his promo, like, I know... 10 whip, but I know you're, you're only going to be able to take five, and then you're going to give up, you know, mm-hmm. something to just put the seed of doubt in people's minds. Because it was only during the segment that it occurred to me, like, okay, the story here is that if he can't get up, he doesn't, he doesn't get his match, you know? Yeah, and so I, that is it. And I kind of assumed, you know, you'd assume he's going to take 10 matches. Take the 10, yeah, there was, of, yeah, there was no question in my mind. Yeah, there was no, like, jeopardy that he wasn't going to do it because he's the baby face. And so you're right, it was more just a, okay, how, what are they going to do with this? But then as it went on and he was struggling to get through it and MJF, you know, his attitude was really kind of selling it, 
that's when it kind of you know paid off i think yeah. but you're right that could have kind of established the stakes a bit a bit better but I, I thought it was great everyone as you say coming out um obviously uh, it's been reported that they've dropped the brandy Rhodes nightmare collective gimmick Mm, which made sense is when she came out as baby faced <laughs> yeah, yeah, cheer her husband on um, yeah I thought it was really well done um, I loved when Wardlow got one and oh, gave yeah. a fucking Walter chop of a belt <laughs> oh my god my toes <laughs> curled up like fucking Hulk Hogan in that one promo brother oh brother um, yeah yeah I thought it was a I'm going to call it the 2020 perfect segment. Ooh. It's my perfect segment award of the year. It, it got me really hyped up for the pay-per-view as well. It did. So that's, that's, that's his job. That's the job. That's the job. That's what you uh, use your TV for. So that that and um, Jericho. Jericho uh, Moxley. I'm very, very excited for those two matches. I love Jericho on commentary, by the way. Um, yeah, he's good. Let me tell you why, Joe. Go on. Because what Jericho does... I'm going to give Jericho my cleverest man of the week award Ooh, do we because well i know we give our our stupid idiot of the year award but we never give give the you know the the lanny poffo genius of the year award <laughs> but what i love what jericho does in commentary is he realizes that he's over already he's the most over guy in the show almost right so when he's on commentary he's his only concern is getting the storyline over he's never trying to get himself over He's always getting other people over or getting across the storyline. And so I love when he's on commentary because he, you know, he really plays into what the story is, where the story is going and what he needs to say in that regard. He's not, he's not all about himself. He's not as, you know, he's not a former moniker of himself. He's not just all about himself. Um, he's not a street dweller, as Taz might say. Um, he's, he's really fantastic in that role. I really, really, I really noticed it and I really think it's great. Because so many people, when they come out in that role, are are kind of too concerned with themselves than everything else that's going on. So thumbs up to Chris Jericho. You're doing a good yeah. job, Chris. And good your theme shit. song is great. It's the highlight of my week shit, when when uh, Fozzie's number one hit, Judas, starts playing. And that black and white Titantron video with Am I Evil? Yes, I Am comes up. I hope they never change it. It is perfect. Uh, it's so good. I love it. Um, great kind of eight-man tag match um, with the Elite versus Lucha Brothers and Butcher and the Blade. Yeah. Uh, also really looking forward to that. Well, what I assume will be the tag team championship match uh, between the Bucks and Omega and Page. Yeah. I think that potentially be really good. That seems to be where they're going now, right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I'm excited for it. Um, what do you think of the, the Adam Page story? I mean, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and I was wondering, yeah. is it like an alcoholic story? An alcoholic gimmick? And it seems more and more every week that that I'll is what it is. Because they're kind of playing it for, like, face heat. Not, it's not like a dramatic storyline of the crowd loving it. But you have signs um, now that's like, drink my beer or whatever. Like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't quite still know what the point of it is but it seems it like it's going that me, way it reminds me of um, Ric Flair in TNA with the, um, with the get iced yeah the iced the, woo, drinking a smile of ice hmm. um, so I don't know maybe it's just yeah people like drinking he's drinking he's over 
Yeah. He worked for Stone Cold. I don't know. <laughs> see, um, see where it goes. Yeah, Kip Sabian, Joey Janela as well. What's what's your take on Kip Sabian? Ah, uh, it's fine. It's just well. yeah. I call him Skip Sabian now because that's what I do when I come on the TV. Ah! Oh, brother. Um, and then, yeah, there was also the the Britt Baker Yuka Suzaki match. I'd still, I don't know what to make of the women's division AEW. I think it's one of the, it's a problem that kind of was symptomatic of the tag division, even though I think their tag division is great, is that everyone kind of trades wins and so no one is a clear, like, top team I think the women's division is that but worse like who's who are the top women they, Britt Baker is ostensibly one of the top women and she loses to this person who I think I've seen once before mm. yeah yeah they really need to kind of reset I think and then she kicked the tooth out of her head on the rope she did which I thought was odd given they had such a violent segment to finish um to have something like that, uh, I don't think it really worked because no, not the crowd didn't really know what happened, what had happened. Yeah, so. and also it, it was completely overshadowed by the strap segment they would have later in the night. Like, I've almost completely forgotten about that women's segment. Yeah, so it was weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, very another good. Video. I also like at the very uh-huh. end, and it made me laugh a little bit. But I thought it was so good when MJF gave the ten lashes. And then kicked Cody in the balls as well. <laughs> ran ran away like a scolded dog. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy that. That's good. That's Very good. funny. Um, I also caught up on NWA Power this okay. week and watched um, the pay-per-view NWA Hard Times. Um, didn't enjoy the pay-per-view as much as the TV show. It's just got a very different vibe. And I don't think... Having kind of great matches is the strong point of this this kind of NWA brand. Okay, it's more of a sort of characters in the promos. Um, so they have some good matches. They had um, Thunder Rosa versus Allison K, which was for the title, which was a really good, really good match. And Ricky Starks winning the um, TV tag, uh, sorry, TV title tournament, um, which I enjoy. And he's he's really really good. So it's pretty good, but. Yeah, I kind of wish I could give them money without having to buy the pay-per-views. I just right. want to watch the TV show every week because that's really good. Um, and the episode, it wasn't this week's episode, but last week's episode had two fantastic promos uh, with Nick Aldis. Uh, one at the beginning where he was kind of talking about the pay-per-view and then one at the end where he was sat down with uh, Marty Skull yeah. having a bit of a semi kind of shoot in, uh, interview. Talking. About, you know him siding with Ring of Honor and kind of you know bad guys in the business who smile and you know do lots of for kids and but are actually shitheads. It was very very good, and I'm really kind of enjoying this this run they're on at the moment. So uh, yeah, NWA is still very good. Um, wrestling wise, the other thing to note was some updates on the WWE network. Yeah. So it seems that they maybe. <laughs> lost faith in the network or it's the kind of latest uh, casualty or object of blame for their lack of uh, success in recent years uh, so it seems like they might be taking the pay-per-views or the most kind of premium content and selling that to another kind of premium streaming service like an ESPN 
or NBC. Which um, is an interesting kind of step backwards. Yeah, I mean, what's the point of having the network then? Well, yeah, the network then just becomes... Uh, a VOD what series. What was it called before when they just had the classic, WD Classics on the, demand, uh, classics on the band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, is still great. Like, I would happily, you know, pay £10 to access all the old pay-per-views if I was in the mood to, you know, go back and watch some of them. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. I don't really know what it means for the network because when you've got NXT on free TV uh, and you've got all the pay-per-views elsewhere, what's what's the big draw? Yeah. Nothing, really. Um, right along. WWE table for three. Well, they do some good documentary work on there as well, to be fair. but the, Yeah, there's some decent stuff on there. But I would say a very big percentage of the people who have the network have it for watching the pay-per-views and... Yeah, probably don't use it during the week much. Yeah, but, sorry, I think you're from, right. to watch uh, whatever uh, NXT or whatever. Yeah, but as you say, that's on TV now as well. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. So uh, we'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, any other wrestling chat? Don't think so. I think, that's the, I think that's the vast majority of stuff that happened. Okay. I didn't um, get a chance to watch any of the New Japan from this morning, but I believe. Yeah. The uh, the Dragon Lee uh, Hiromo Takahashi match was very good, so I might need to check that out at some point. Um, so that is the end of the show proper. Oh, they're doing Goldberg versus the Fiend at Super oh, well, Slam Down, whatever it's called. Uh, Enjoy not, that. Like that. Um, that is the end of the show proper. Um, we are now going to talk about Parasite with spoilers. Yeah, uh, we will be talking about the plot. If, so if you, you have any, not only if you haven't seen it, if you have any inclination yes. to ever watch it, turn off now. I can't strongly enough insist that you don't listen to this. We we beg you, please. Because if you listen to us and then you go, oh, that does sound good, you've already lost so much of the movie by knowing what happens in it. Yeah. yeah and it's great. Please. It's like the best movie of the year. Why did you not watch it yet? It's so good. Just we urge you to switch off now. It's like a big uh, steak sitting in front of you and someone else coming and having a lick of it first. No, just eat your steak. Don't ruin it. Anyway. Anyway. You're still um, here? Then you must want to listen to Parasite. <laughs> what are you doing here? Get out of here. Okay, I'm going to bring uh, up the uh, the old Wikipedia page because last time I watched Parasite was in the middle of December, so we're two months removed from it now, so I just want to be a little bit caught up on yeah, yeah. So, Joe, what did you think about Parasite? Uh, it's good. It's good. Liked it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Um, what did I think of Parasite? So, the first time I saw it, yeah. my first thought was it's a masterpiece. Um, seeing it the second time, I still thought it was a masterpiece, <laughs> but I was. <laughs> I was able to kind of look beyond the sort of shocks because it is a shock when you first see it, you don't know if you go in not really knowing a lot. It is, it goes in completely different directions. You don't know where it's going at all. I mean, one of the strengths of seeing a movie like this for the first time is the feeling of tension watching it. And of yes. course, knowing where it's going, I'm interested to see, because I've only seen it the one time, what kind of, feeling you have watching the second time is it still as tense or 
Is, yeah, that, is that kind of removed? There, there, there definitely was still a lot of tension. Um, I, I think what you kind of appreciate in the second time is more the the kind of the melancholy right. of a lot of it. Yeah. Um, how just kind of how sad a lot of the, the characters' lives are because you're not focused on trying to keep up with the plot and um, figure out what's going on. Well, that's what I love. Like early on, this is this is a point that Mark Kerbo had made as well on his review of it. But mm. um, one thing I noticed watching it the first time was obviously it's a movie about this like class divide between this very very poor family and this very very wealthy family, right? And yeah. you see early on vastly different ways of life. But I love that not only is the class divide shown, but it's also it's almost shown like geographically in that the poor family live like underground in this little semi basement. Yes. Yeah. And the rich family live on like on top of a little hill. It's yeah. So they're geographically they're kind of divided as well. Like it's you might not you know, realise it instantly, but that it's it's that divide is being shown to you physically. Absolutely. And not only that, once you go into the uh, it's the Kims of the rich no Kims the rich no the Parks of the rich family the Kims of the poor family yeah well once you go into the Park House you then go up some steps again uh, into the main house and then there's another staircase upstairs and then there's even more steps once you go upstairs into yeah. the bedrooms and watching it again actually the second time I kept watching out for staircases and people going up and down um, hills and staircases, yeah. and there's a lot of that in the film. And once there you is. see it the second time, you kind of you start to spot it. You're like, oh, another another staircase, another staircase. Um, yeah, and that is, and once obviously you get to the twist involving the basement, yeah. you really start to see the kind of okay, the different strata. You can say uh, what the twist people. is. <laughs> so there's some, like people living in the fucking basement, and yeah. yeah, that's what was going on there. That was um, great, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. When when it's you, know, you see early on that they're the 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 when the woman, the housekeeper revisits in like the rain, you just know some shit's about to go down. Yeah, she comes in. Well, first of all, you, your your fear is that they're going to get caught, right? Mm. And then it becomes quickly apparent that she couldn't give a shite if they're there. Not. She yeah, has she's ulterior motives. She's not there for them. And reveals the. The door behind the bookcase, and the little man down there who flickers, flicks the lights. Now I don't remember from the first time uh, seeing it, but is that kind of is there a moment earlier where the light kind of flickers and someone kind of looks at it, or is that, yeah, is that set up? Okay. Well, so you see um, when the, when the dad comes home, you can kind of see the lights switching on as he goes up the stairs. Yeah, which obviously you didn't really notice the first time, but yeah. So, so that's kind of interesting. And I love, I love the reveal at the end of that being like a coded message of like a yes. appreciation he has for him or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he kind of worships. He this, loves, yeah. This guy, like he's the lord of the sort of manor, and there's this peasant who <laughs> turns the lights on for him every night. Um, <laughs> but they're like, how they don't understand how it works, or whatever. And then obviously at the end, the father using that as a clicky clicky um message to the, the son or whatever um it also has uh at the end what did you, what did you think of where the the son has the idea to buy the house and it, it, it yeah. kind of flashes forward and they're there and and happy and then you know the interpretation or the impression is that it's 
it's it's a fantasy it's it's yes the reality is that this is never going to happen you know which is yeah. kind of a bit of a, a a bittersweet melancholy end to the film um yeah it was but i kind of didn't expect anything else just because yeah. you know the way the the film plays out but i did i thought that was a very nice touch to kind of have this sort of pseudo happy ending um but then also make that a commentary on you know how unlikely it is yeah. not because it's just uh you know a kind of hollywood ending to a film which would be very unlikely but because just financially and economically for someone to make that you know metaphorical and literal climb up to the top would would just be impossible um so that was that was brilliant um and what i really the i think the best sequence in the film um for me anyway is the whole peach sequence <laughs> yeah it is tremendous um to me that was where you know watching it the first time that was when i was like oh my god here we go <laughs> we've got one here Ooh. that was ah oh, brilliant i love um yeah i remember watching it the first time again knowing nothing about it and yeah when it becomes apparent what at least what one of the meanings of the the name of the film refers to parasite this mm. this family is is going to leech off this other family and eventually the parasite is, is almost going to take over the host right yeah it's funny because he also made a film called the host so what, what? um but then yeah you have scenes where like the the sister is coming in to be the art therapist or whatever she was fantastic mm. in it as well the, given oh, the bullshit great. explanations about you know this and that um yeah. and then yeah they they discovered that the housekeeper has this <laughs> this peach allergy and uh they have the the bloody tissue or oh, tissue oh. um yeah i like i like the ramping up of it until about the halfway point where that lady returns in the rain Mm. You know, to reveal that her husband has been living in this <laughs> bunker for four years. Um, and then the family have to kind of figure out that situation. Um, I loved as well um, when the the actual family, the, the rich family, they suddenly call and say, oh, we're on the way home. And they're like, yeah. make, some, make some of this food. And she's like, I don't even fucking know how to make it because they're all imposters. You know, they're not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not really a housekeeper or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I love it because it's it's you know ostensibly a like a black comedy, right? It's like darkly yes. funny, and there's bits where bits that are very like where at the very end, um, the father <laughs> kills your man because he said that he smelled. <laughs> or yeah. Whatever. He sees his reaction, his little face. Ah! <laughs> Kills him. A um, little bit like that. But then, like, the film is also incredibly tense. Mm. And, you know, very weird. It's, it's a definitely a very Korean movie. It's very, very strange. Um, And kind of ambitiously so. Like, you don't see many movies like this. Where no. it's, not a, it's not an unrealistic story, per se. But it's so... It's so strange and so unique, and it could only have been thought of by by this director, you know. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love I love every second of it. Um, I was surprised. Yeah, your man. I surprised myself by some of the 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 non deaths in it, like where the son gets hit mm. in the head with a, a comically big like rock. Yeah, and survives. Where the lady gets pushed down the stairs and survives. Um, but uh. Yeah, I love that. I love that the 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 guy um, living in the basement was like seen once and is thought of as like a ghost as well. Oh yeah, was, uh, there's a so ghost funny. in the room or whatever. Um, now I think I'm going to see Parasite again this week potentially. Yeah. So should. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to watch it again. Um, early on, there's the bit where they get this like lucky rock or whatever it is. Yeah, I kind of thought that was going to somehow play in more than it does. I think is that just maybe a thematic thing that that's kind of like the start of their their kind of rise and fall rather than being directly responsible for it. Or yeah, I think and the sun even kind of calls it out as saying, "Oh, this is very metaphorical." Yeah. So I think it was maybe just a bit of a joke, a red um, herring by, maybe by the bong. Yeah, just to kind of say, "Oh, you know, what does this mean?" It doesn't really mean a whole lot, mm. but um. I think that, that character was kind of interesting as well. The um, the friend of the son, yeah, who is kind of I don't really can't really tell if he is from their kind of world or this is just someone the son knows who's kind of you know, well off, mm. or possibly coming to someone who was from their world who has kind of been in, adopted into that sort of rich rich person as well. He's kind of an interesting character because he kind of introduces them to the this rich world but then um he's also quite patronizing because he he only gives the friend the opportunity because he thinks he won't get off with the daughter um which he, so, which he ends up doing which he ends up doing and it's kind of and then later on in the film um when they're sitting around drinking the whiskey um they talk about how uh, rich people are all very naive because they haven't had to deal with like the realities and the, the kind of day-to-day, you know, bullshit. Mm. Um, that kind of made me think of that. Like he, this guy who's been working with this rich family is now has that same naivete that, you know, nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting. I mean, we didn't even really talk about the, the scene where they're hiding under the table. No, that was, that was like the most tense bit of the film. Yeah. <laughs> While your man is it was, it was. fucking, feel up his wife and the kids out in a teepee in the garden <laughs> whatever yeah I mean it's again it's super super tense but again it's kind of comical in a way it just like escalates to I'm gonna go in the garden okay we'll we'll stay here and watch you and they're all under the table like oh as and as your man so slowly not even crawls out from under the table but like squeaks along the floor yeah. as he pulls himself yeah. Out, there's a leg sticking out. It's oh. a little leg, and he stops perfectly still. It's <laughs> like, rrr, rrr, rrr. oh my goodness, that was good. That was very good. And uh, yeah, the acting was great as well. I thought all these, all the actors were fantastic. I love the actor who plays the father of the family. Um, He's great. Song He's great. Kang Ho is the actor's name. He was also in um, Snowpiercer and The Host. Um, mm. Wasn't in Okja. Critically, that's maybe why actually wasn't wasn't as good, Joe. He wasn't in it. Oh, the father of the bad hey, the father of the bad family. Yeah, he's one of the most famous Korean actors. 
He's he's great. I love him. He's great in every film I've seen. Uh, he's in some of the other um, uh, Bong Joon Ho films as well. He's in a movie called um, Where is it? Memories of Murder. I think it's called. I can't quite find it here. He's also in a movie which isn't directed by um, the same director called The Good, The Bad, The Weird, but which is also excellent. I highly recommend. Um, yeah, he's great. I love him. He's like one of my favorite little actors. Yeah. Um I mean I think in a sense it's a shame that I think it's a shame that it won't get seen by as many people as it deserves to be by virtue of it being in Korean and being subtitled. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm happy that it, it's it's being seen by more people than this film would normally be seen by. If that mm. makes any sense, you know. Um Yeah. Cuz it's yeah so good <laughs> it's, so it's just good. yeah it's just cut through you get a film that's that good it can't really be stopped yeah um so it's great i no, mean it... obviously the news came out that it's going to be adapted to a hbo tv series well let's let's not dwell on that by this disappointing news by your friend big short uh director adam mckay and I think Bong is... I keep calling him Bong. Mr. Bong. He's going to be Bong. involved James somehow. I, I assume his involvement is going to be a, a Ricky Gervais in the US office going, uh, write me my big fat check, please, <laughs> and I'll be on the way out. Thank you. Bye. Where, where's my... No- yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so funny, this director. Just his contempt for American <laughs> popular culture. It's fabulous. He's great. Uh, yeah, don't give a shit. It's great. Um, I'm okay. thinking I'm going to do a little watch of his movies yeah uh, that'd be my next thing I'll make my way yeah. through the movies of his I've not seen because um, I've loved what I have seen so far he's such a good such a good r- director and the fact that he wrote it as well I mean come on himself and uh, Jin Wan Han it's brilliant uh, I love it I, I love movies that are a little bit out there and just like super creative like that's what that's what I appreciate in movies a, a, a creative Either a creative visual style or a creative story or a creative mm. soundtrack or something that's just outside of the norm, you know? Because um, this could have been a, you know, a boring film about a class struggle between two families, you know? And it mm. just was taken in such a unique, dark direction and done with such, as we said, tension. But Panache! 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 It was Panache up to a zoo. Kevin Panache. And I loved it. I thought it was absolutely the best film of last year by a distance. I don't think anything came close to it. No. Because um, no. there's movies I like. You know, I'll, I'll watch movies that I've, I really like, but I'll, st- I'll always be kind of with one eye on the clock sometimes. Like, oh my God, this movie's so Yeah. Cool. And then this one I was just totally into. Totally bought into it. Yeah. Totally immersed. It's like a good song. Like I remember when I heard, and this is this is a bit of a, a bit of a reach. But I remember when I heard um, "Take Me Out" by Franz Ferdinand for the first time on the radio. <laughs> this is back in two thousand four. I was like, "Oh, I love this song. I hope this song just never ends, <laughs> just plays forever." And that was kind of with this movie. I was like, "Oh, I could just keep going. <laughs> Don't stop. Keep feeding me this stuff. I'll have whatever he's having. Give me some more of that." Uh, so I, I I will because my 
uh, my dad didn't see Parasite, so I think I think we might watch again with him Parasite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, Natty never saw Knives Out or The Joker, so I think I'm going to rewatch them with her if she will be so kind as to watch them with me. And then I am going to start chipping away on some other movies. Some like uh, some movies you want to watch. Some Bong Joon Ho's. Some of the movies I got for Christmas. Um, yeah, back to. Not watching Harriet because it got nominated for one award. So All right. Well, that was Parasite. Um, if you're listening to this, it may be a year later from when we recorded it, and you finally got around to seeing it. Yeah. And uh, went back and listened to this uh, review. Hopefully, you enjoyed it like we did. Imagine, imagine oh. not liking Parasite. What? Imagine what? if you waited. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what's yeah. wrong with you? You didn't like it. Why? Get out of here, bum! You probably liked Harriet. Mm. Oh, that much up your street, is it? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so that is it. I'm not going to do the usual ending because uh, most people have stopped listening by now if they've seen Parasite. Yeah, you know, Twitter, email us, whatever, cheershotpodcast.com, all that. Uh, we'll be back next week with Mr. Barry Murphy uh, back in the host chair. And so, I'll be um, here giving out about what she won the Oscars. Wolves they shouldn't didn't have. win. Harriet. Yeah. Harriet won like... Best Picture. Oh, what? Mate. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back next week. Until then, goodbye from me. And a goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. Bye.